Hey everybody, we look fuck. <laughs> I even stopped it and started again. Hey everybody, it's we got the beat. Uh, I'm Michael, the dumb one, the clumsy one, and the smart ones on the other side. Mindy, though, I gotta start questioning her judgment for doing this show with this idiot. <laughs> All right, so this episode we're discussing going back to high school as an adult, but two different ways. Um, now, I, we discussed in the 80s, there was a, a big trend of this. Mostly people remember 21 Jump Street, but there were some other movies uh, that had high school students or cops going back uh, um, undercover as high school students. Uh, there's Hiding Out with John Cryer, uh, Playing Clothes with Arliss Howard and Susie Amos, and there was also Undercover with Jennifer Jason Lee. And like every trend, it always comes back again. So around 99, we started getting this again. We had the Mod Squad movie. Um, I feel like there's another one in there somewhere, but the big one that everybody remembers is Never Been Kissed. And uh, probably the best of this bunch, but I'll say the other movie we talk about is uh, also fantastic. I think 17 again is really great. Um, but they're also kind of painful. And I'm glad that they yeah. were, I'm glad they were honest. There's more honesty in these two movies than there was in the 80s movies. Because when I watch Twin and Jump Street now and I love it, but it clearly like, oh, you were 30. What the fuck? Like, no one would believe this. <laughs> oh, yeah. But I do think that it was, <clears throat> excuse me, it kind of was <laughs> making a joke about those trends. Like, I mean, to me, when I watch movies that are from the 80s, do you know how often I'm like, how the fuck are these people? Like, yeah. Especially some of the like background characters. You're like, you look like you're 45 fucking years old. And I think that that's, part of the joke that they try to make especially in 21 Jump Street uh, the newer movies but mm -hmm. I mean I'm just guessing yeah well uh, what I like about the the movies is that they do show that it's a lot harder than it you know like if the reality is you're not going to automatically be cool it's so rare you have to like work your way in and you're going to fuck up because you and I have both been new kids at school and just like you're, it's, it's almost like prison rules you have to click real quick or you're that weird outcast new kid that is, uh, you know, you're you're fresh fish. You're gonna get beat up and mocked or whatever. And the desperation of trying, it's 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 worse in um, uh, never been kissed because she was a nerd. She was that way before. Whereas you know Matthew Perry Zac Efron's character in Seventeen again was cool. So he's just he's just behind the times and how what cool kids look like. That's the only difference. But his attitude is completely, you know, like in line with being cool. Yes. Her thing is is that she was painfully nerdy and she still doesn't know what's cool. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing's changed really. Oh She's the still... cringe. The cringe of her trying to be What's up, girlfriend? It's like, oh fuck, no. And the outfits and the makeup and just everything is just oh my god. Ouch. The uh we also have David Arquette in this. This is this is like one of those movies he did before they started making him a star, and that's when it failed horribly, like Ready to Rumble and uh, some dog, Firehouse Dog movie I remember he did. And I think that's kind of, I think he's just a really good support. 
you know, when he's yeah, part of an I ensemble, it works. Yeah, I find that insulting, but I do think that there are some people who just are meant to be support. Yeah, you know? and, and I gotta tell you, just she's so adorable in this movie, so vulnerable, and I, I've kind of been watching the path that her career went on, and the fact that she even was able to recover the way she did is absolutely oh, astounding. I because I watched Bad Girls the other day. I'd never seen it before. And Wait, you saw you watched what? Bad Girls, you know the western with. Uh, uh, oh, Bad Girls! Damn it. I thought you said that girl, like oh. that old TV show. Oh no, no, like, no! What? And you can see that she's still lost. Like she hasn't found what she wants to be. Because this is coming off of Poison Ivy. So remember, for a few years there, she was like the seductress, the hot chick. Yeah. But then something about uh, Wedding Singer really tapped into her vulnerability, and that's when she became a star, because she did that um, ever after, and then this, and then all of a sudden she you know, moved up to the A-list. You know, ever After was before this movie? Yeah, it was summer of 98. Okay. I hate that movie. I've never seen it. But you mostly because you hate that guy, right? I hate DeGray Scott. That's I right. think he's so gross. He ruins <laughs> everything he's in. Sorry. Yeah. He, he's in he, the, the um, Mission Impossible 2 he's in, and it fucking sucks because I fucking hate him. Sorry, I don't know <laughs> well, why can I you hate believe... him so much. I just... Yeah, but if it wasn't for that movie, we would have had him as um, uh, Wolverine. Yeah. Yep, I know. I know. Ugh. Lord bless us. <laughs> um, just, I, think I don't it's... know. I just find him to be bland and yucky. I don't know. Sorry. I, I digress. I find it extremely dubious to put Molly Shannon's name on the poster for this when she's in it for, what, at best five minutes? I mean, she isn't. she doesn't have a lot of screen time. She does have several scenes, and she is a very loyal and true friends but yeah i don't know it's a stretch yeah i kind of would i guess maybe uh john c Riley wasn't really that much of a name yet because no, it seems like he should have so. been on the poster what I are mean, you there's doing nobody, there's <laughs> nobody in there big and, what what are you doing right now why am i making a lot of noise <laughs> yes oh i'm so sorry i'll stop okay <laughs> um my bad um I don't think that there was anybody who was big enough names to be put on the poster. there Because they weren't none of... And I mean, either they were Gary Marshall, or they were... You know, these were some of their early movies. You know, like Jessica Alba. And I guess this was um, the first movie for James... Um, Franco. Franco. And I did not at all remember him being in this movie, and I've seen this movie many times. Yeah, this must be how he got that uh, that shitty movie I watched with you last year, or earlier what this I, year. Whatever it takes. Yeah, that must be how he got I it. Didn't, I didn't actually watch it. Oh. No, no, I was watching it with you at your house. Remember we watched it and we said, oh, this is shit, we can't watch this. <laughs> we can't do this for oh. the show. Maybe I blocked it out because it's... It's so bad. Yeah. Uh, Lily Sobieski, this is, I think, the first time I'd ever seen her because she had not been in Eyes Wide Shut yet. And I, at best, I think she might have done that episode of News Radio where she befriends Lisa uh, because she wants to take her SATs again, even though she's like 30 and there's no reason to. <laughs> mm. 
Yeah, I'm not really sure. It might. Don't recall because she just she did a lot of stuff, you know, in this in this you know a small chunk of time, really. Yeah, and and we have like I, I mean, this is not maybe their introduction, but I'm shocked to see some of these people so early on, like Marley Shelton, Jordan Ladd, you said Jessica Alba, oh. Octavia Spencer. I was shocked by that. The person, the movie I saw her in before Never Big Kid, well, technically I might not have seen it before, but she was in Deep Impact the year before. Right. And I think she was in My First Mister with, um. Yeah, but I think that was a couple years later. Was it? Okay. Okay. Um. That was 2001. I'll say this also. That's what I'm saying. She just did a lot of stuff in like, it seemed like a five five-year period of time or something that she was just you know kind of very hot and it just seemed like she just disappeared maybe she just got sick of it i don't know or maybe she does still act i think she's a canadian actress and she does stuff up there and we just don't get to get exposed to it i don't know but i always thought she was a good actress but well yeah we did glass house not that long ago and she's really good in that yeah yeah, and, th- and I think this is where we were introduced to Michael Vartan as well. And I just talk about hit the ground running. I thought he was really great in, I think, his first performance, at least for a studio film. I mean, definitely the first thing we know him from. I mean, this was this before oh. the show or not? No, actually, yeah, it was, it was two years before that. He was in a lot of movies before this, actually. He was in. But uh, I think he's Canadian, right? So uh, that would not surprise me. He was in Two Wong Fu, um, oh. The Paul hmm. Bearer, uh, The Myth of hmm. Fingerprints, which I think is like an art film with Roy Scheider and uh, Julian Moore. And then he. I was, mean, those are all fairly forgettable things. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, after this, he would do the the next best thing. Uh, one hour photo. Oh no, no. One hour photo came out right after Alias. So yeah, mostly what we know is Alias. And I remember he was in Mists of Avalon, but that was also after Never Been Kissed. Oh. Oh, yes, I remember Mists of Avalon. I think I was forever um, traumatized from that. Really? I don't remember the show. I wonder why it was traumatizing. Uh, I'll explain it later. It's it's a plot line that is in the book, too. It's, oh, not, okay. like, it's not like it's their fault. I, but I remember that pretty clearly, yeah. And I shouldn't have said those things were forgettable. It's not exactly what I meant, but, like, too long through, like, you're not going to remember... The red that Michael Vart's hand with all of that other stuff going on. Right, right. Yeah. The uh, this is during that era when, of course, soundtracks were so, so like pushed by the the labels and, and and promoted in the in the commercials and stuff like that. And I did I didn't realize I, I don't think I recognized any of these songs at the time. But look at these bands: Semisonic, Jimmy Eat World, Remy Zero, uh, the Cardigans, yeah. REM, um, and then the Smiths, Beach Boys, and I didn't know Jeremy Jordan. The guy who's a dickhead in this. What is he always? Yeah, he's he trying to push the word Rufus, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, he, he was a singer before that. This movie, I was like really surprised that he was trying to be an actor because I knew who he was. Okay, so how many years before this was he like a teen star? I, I don't know. Was he one of those like boy band kind of guys, or what was he? he yeah, but he was solo. Oh, so he was kind of like. I um, think. What is that guy, uh, uh, Joey Lawrence? Like, remember when he had a couple yes. teen singles? Kind of, but Joey Lawrence had his whole 
life as an actor to propel him to that. I don't know where this kid came from. He just came out of nowhere. He had, as far as I know, just like one song. That's so weird. Yeah, I'm looking at this. His album really didn't sell. It didn't debut very hot. It didn't even go peak chart positions. This is so strange. How does this album only hit 176? But his single from that album hits number 14 on the top 40. That's so strange because usually your album sells and debuts a lot better than that. Yeah, but see, the album came out in 1992. So it's like he kind of was on the back burner for a while. Oh, it's like and a slow ha- burn. What happened? What? What? I don't know. I was really surprised because he looks a lot different too. Okay. He's kind of like super douche in this movie. Yeah, yeah. Don't they kind of spoof this in uh, Mean Girls and they try to push a word and they're like, don't do that. It's not going to happen. What was that? Uh, Fetch? She's, yes. So is do you think that they're making fun of him trying to push Rufus? Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I I'm, that's not, kind I'm of- not. I'm not entirely sure. I'm not aware of uh, people in real life other than us who try to make words part of normal <laughs> vernacular. But really, that's just was the two of us together, not like we weren't trying to change society. I don't know if I heard it from someone else or I made this up. I'm sure I heard it from someone else, but I've been saying the word herbalicious lately. Oh. Okay. Mm, that was really herbalicious. I don't know, something with lots of flavor and herbs. Uh, and when I was a kid, I remember trying to push the, pu- uh, push the word dudical. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Dude and radical, if you're wondering. But um, I'm not sure that any of those are amazing. No, no, and not maybe really. That's why they didn't catch on. No, no. But plus, I was a, <laughs> I was a dork, and no one's gonna do that. But did, was there any phrases that you that we knew like in our high school, and then like you would say it later in life, and people were like, "What are you talking about?" If there was, I don't remember. Yeah. I didn't really like. I don't really think that I paid that much attention to stuff, honestly. I think they just do it in like movies kind of more in my often. own little la-la land. Don't you? I feel like they're always doing it in movies, and it never really happens. Like, um, there was another word I was thinking of. They pushed it in a movie, and I was like, that's not a word. You just made that up. Whatever. You're trying to make it a cool thing. But uh, yeah. I can't believe it just vanished from my mind. I'll remember it the second we're done recording. <laughs> but, Probably. Um, I thought it was really funny that the basketball coach in this, that is, uh, you know, looking over, or not basketball, baseball coach that's, uh, you know, trying to get David Arquette on the team, is the basketball scout in 17 again. And I kind of just want to say that he changed jobs. <laughs> like, I don't, I just don't understand how that even happened. Like, what are the odds of that? And is there some other connection between these two movies that were. We're, that aren't uh, very clear. No, there's no nobody in the production team is the same, not same studio. But if there was ever a movie that was going to be a sequel, it would be Seventeen again, just its own way, you know, its own style. But didn't but didn't you say that that he is cr- his credited as having the same name? Oh, uh, in, both, in both movies. Actually, I, don't I thought know. you said his character name was even the same. Oh, I don't think I I don't I, don't, I if I did I didn't mean that. Um. I just thought wow. he looked like the same exact character. He's dressed the exact oh, same, acting the exact same. I mean, same. he does. It's it's a little bit too on the nose. Yeah, it almost feels like an homage to Never Been Kissed. Yeah, I don't know. But um, I can see it, though. It's so funny that Roger Gosnell, he must have been like, you know how some studios, they, they pick directors and they kind of like, 
uh, mentor them. They're they're developing them through the years, and they'll start them off yes. with something like Raja yeah. Gosnell started off with Home Alone three, which I don't hate. Yes, it doesn't have Macaulay and the Wet Bandits, but how far were Wait, you? Wait, did ask- he direct it? Yes, he did. Um, and he had been a cinematographer and editor or whatever on a bunch of movies, and then I'm pretty sure he was an editor on number two. Yeah, because I okay. just watched number two like last night or the oh. night before, and I saw his name in the credits, and I was like, "Oh, hey, he blah 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 blah." So yeah, I think that was, you know, just a few years before he transitioned to a director. Yeah, and then if I remember correctly, it's after this is when he does the Scooby Doo movies, and that's kind of when he becomes a big deal. He did like Big Mama's House right after Never Been Kissed, then Scooby Doo. Okay. But yes, he does. He's done a lot. He did. He did a lot of family-friendly flicks. I'm gonna look to see. The guy's name is Gregory Sporletter. Good. I know. Now I want to know, right? Yeah, I gotta know if he's playing the same character. But um, I really do think. Okay, it's Ohio Scout. Okay, so he doesn't have a name. Never mind. But I'm just gonna pretend. Okay, we're good with that. (laughs) Yep. 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 (laughs) Yeah, he's moved on from coaching at a high school to being a scout for professional sports. I mean, it's high school. It's, it's high school uh, sports anyway. They usually don't have real coaches. Did we have real coaches at our high school? I don't remember. I always felt like this guy was just ask, your, Oh, he's your economic teacher. Ask someone who played sports. I don't have a fucking No, no, clue. but I remember seeing those coaches like, oh, you're my sociology teacher. You're also the basketball oh, or baseball coach. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. I mean, most of the time, I would say that... Uh, you can't make enough money just as a coach. Yeah. But you have to be a teacher too. <laughs> you have to do both. The, uh, I would say, uh, I don't know. It, sometimes it's really painful watching these movies, watching the squirm of their awkward behavior. But I do yeah. appreciate the fact that they, that she was willing to put herself out there like that. You know, because she produced this and, and she does like, I'm not going to be all glammy and cool. I'm going to be a dork and suffer and then show you the painful past. And when she put, when she does the thing it's not new it's it's been in a lot of other movies where that person becomes kind of part of the cool clique and she turns her back on her friends or yeah it's not as blatant in this one as it is in some of the other ones it's just she happens to be hanging i mean it's her job anyway i mean she is not a high school student so she has to keep everybody kind of at arm's length do we think that it's believable that she's 25 years old well, was she 25 years old? She was 23, I think, when they made this. Really? Yep. And David Arquette was supposed to be 23. Yeah, see, here's the thing. is I, I actually thought that David Arquette was supposed to be older than her, not younger. And if they had switched those two, I think it would have worked a little bit better. Especially since he's yeah. almost like mentoring her, like guiding her way through high school. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, so because but that's the thing though is like but in in the real high school experience, he was more popular than too. Yeah, and I do He's like also four years older than her in real life. Oh, okay, I do like the fact that they don't ignore. I mean, they could have done this like ten years earlier, and they would have completely ignored the whole age difference with the girl that liked him or whatever. Yeah. And same thing with the teacher and, and the student or whatever. They, they're they aware it's there, but they're also like, no. Yeah. No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, no, I, I appreciate that. Um, one person that, uh, or a couple people who are in this, I don't know that you mentioned them or not, uh, Octavia Spencer. I did not know that she was in this. Uh, and she is, it's so strange how, in my opinion, so many of the styles were so unflattering in the 90s, uh, ha- 80s and 90s, hair, makeup, uh, style. It's like she seemed so old in this movie. It and then it's like and then we just watched her in like Spirited, and it's like she seems so much younger and like just. I mean, she's beautiful, but you know what I mean. Just yeah, like yeah. it's weird sometimes how trends and how like looking back, we're like, wow, that was not a good look for anybody. Well, yeah, the late 90s was the beginning of the extreme era, you know, where we had come out of grunge. Grunge is when everybody put their hair down. Everything was natural. You know, we're all wearing Thank God for grunge. and, and, And then people were like, well, it's 1997. We've had enough of this. Let's get back to some colors. And I think some of the influence from like the Brit stuff, the Brit pop, like Spice Girls and Oh, and, yeah, sure. And Choir, where it was kind of big and in your face and poppy. Yeah. And then the boy Bright bands colors. and stuff like that. Yeah. And then I think the pinnacle is, like, right as this movie was coming out is when we started getting, like, uh, the, all you know, the Limp Biscuit style, like, corn and stuff like that, where it was more extreme. And people were dyeing their hair like that shock blonde. They had their hats on backwards, you know. There, there's a very particular look from, like, 1999 to 2002 that this movie really has. By the way, it has that guy. Can't remember his fucking name, but he was in that TV show Together. He's got that blocky head and a big pig, you know, kind of nose. Um, I wish I could show you his face. What? Uh, I'm going to look up the show Together, but you'll know who I'm talking about. He actually has a significant role in this. Um, Together. There we go. Um, And you can see who I'm talking about. Oh, I know exactly who you're talking about. The blonde guy who is like... Uh, super aggro. Um. Yeah, he looks like he's related to what's the lady from Freaks and Geeks? Um, the blonde lady. Oh my god, you gotta stop this. This is not helpful. What you're doing? <laughs> Kelly, Kim, Kim, was that Kim, her name? Kim Kelly. Kim, uh, Kim, Kim, was Kim Kelly. Was it Kim Kelly? Okay, they look like Kim they're related. Kim Cattrall is a real actress, dummy. Okay, sorry. What's her name? In real life? Yes. Busy Phillips. Busy Phillips, thank you. They look like they're related. They both have that kind of like in your face feel. Mm. Okay. <laughs> All right. I don't know how to respond to this, okay? Okay. Like, I know exactly what you're talking about. I want to punch him every time I see him. Every time. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't know what his name is, and I don't. I'm just trying to look through here, and I it's don't Alexander see that. It's Alexander What? It's Alexander Solowitz. Oh yeah, I'm gonna remember that name. It just I didn't. I didn't. Toe. That's not what I expected at all. Yeah, he was in. He was only in a few movies, but he was. Uh, <laughs> just that that show together where it spoofs the boy bands. I always remember from that. Yes, I remember. Because everything. Yeah, there's other. Every, there's other folks here who have small parts though that like kind of show up. And other things like Andrew Wilson, who is you know the lesser known Wilson brother. Yeah, I don't know who that. Is. Uh, he is Luke and Owen's brother. Yeah, and but he I don't... shows up in smaller parts. He was like the security guard at the school, but he did other movies with her because 
Didn't she date Luke Wilson for like several years? I can see that because they did do a few movies together. Yeah. And then, um, you know, just some other like, you know, some people's kids showed up like, uh, you know, most of the time, what's her name? The blonde daughter of, um, shit, sorry, uh, Gary Marshall's daughter has a bit part and she does that in most of his, you know, most movies with him. Uh... Uh, that's funny. It says Jessica Alba, but it's a picture. It actually has a picture of Alan Covert and next to her name. <laughs> like Alan Co- here's Alan Covert. You know, he's always just like a, a solid. Usually he's just, you know, a supporting character. And, and I still think that Grandma's Boy is one of the most delightful movies ever. And I really wish that he had more opportunity to shine. Yeah, I haven't um, seen him in forever. I have no idea what he's doing. Yeah, so I think he's probably still, you know, doing supporting stuff with um, with Sandler. But yeah, there's this other kid who was was kind of like in the nerd group, and he was in a couple things. It just seems like everybody was around for a little bit. Uh, Giuseppe Andrews. Yeah, from uh, Detroit was- Rock City. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, oh yeah, he did. I feel like he did a lot of stuff around this time. He was the Pleasantville, Cabin Fever. You know, it's like everybody does a bunch of stuff for like four or five years, and then we never see him again. It's just so strange. But yeah. Anyway. Well, it, that was the era when we're really at the peak of teen exploitation. Is what they put on. I hate that fucking name, but that's what they put on Entertainment Weekly. That's the only thing I think of. But you know, when the teen movie TV show boom happened for like five yeah. or six years, or then everybody got tons of work, and then life filters it out you know you, you don't get so much work or you decide to go to college or whatever it is you know and then yeah. you know they fall by the wayside um our second film is 17 again and i am flabbergasted that they gave this a 40 million dollar budget that cannot be right i know Zach like, Efron. who were they banking on at this point right i don't know i mean i know zach efron was a thing like you know, because of the I ne- so the yeah. High School Musical movies, what were like right before this, like the last one, uh, I think. Uh, two thousand eight, yeah, okay. was the number, yeah. So he did that. Then he did. Um, Hair Hairspray was in two thousand seven. So I guess. Okay, so that's how this movie came about. By the way, is Adam Shankman was originally set up to be the director, but he became the oh. producer, and he's the director of Hairspray. So that's how Zach probably yes. got. And it's all from New Line Cinema. Back when New Line Cinema made their own fucking movies instead of just being like a division of Warner Brothers. Yes, this makes so much sense now. Yes, because I will. I mean, you ever, any of our loyal listeners know that I. Fucking love musicals, but um, <laughs> go watch I, Spirited, I, everybody. <laughs> hair, what'd you say? Go watch uh, Spirited. I had so much fun. Oh God, yes. But I was gonna say Hairspray. Uh, this version of Hairspray with him is just one of my absolute most enjoyed musical experiences. I've seen it so many times because it's just so well cast, so good. The, anyway, the. Uh... Yeah, so this is like his big shining moment where he doesn't already have a built-in thing. Now, this is not an unfamiliar uh, plot, basically. Like the the no. whole there was a whole trend of this 
in uh, uh, the late 80s where it was like body swapping or, you know, like in Big where he became an oh, older Oh, it was very popular in the 80s, wasn't it? My goodness. The father-son switcheroo with like Kirk Cameron. I liked those movies. Yeah. There was a, a Freaky Friday, of course. They've made millions of versions of that. Right. There was Vice Versa, 18 again. Um, there was a movie, ooh, I can't remember, but there's one with, um, Jonathan Silverman where he became an old man, and then there was Dream a Little Dream where they switched there, and of course the, the big one was, the big one was big, and, um, that takes both concepts, here's the weirdest thing is they never, this isn't at that meta stage where, like, they would probably comment on this, I haven't seen Freaky yet, the one with Vince Vaughn. Do they, oh. is there some sort of meta conversation about body swap movies? In that. Uh, I I admit I don't remember, but I do think that it is an enjoyable film to watch. You definitely should watch it. Um, and and it's, it feels like kind of a love letter to that, especially since it's you know it has so much the '80s beginning where they're, they're showing uh, Zach Efron's character. He's like the star baseball player or basketball player, and his girlfriend gets pregnant. The math for me doesn't work out. I keep trying to yeah. figure that. I feel like we're off by a few years, but whatever. Yeah. It's not that big of a deal. Um, I was shocked to see Michelle Trinkenberg. I've seen this before, and I forgot that she was still acting at this point. She, isn't she still acting now? Is she? Because I hadn't... I could not remember anything she did after Euro Trip. Oh, gosh. You know what? We really need to do... Uh, for the future is that we really need to talk about that ice skating movie she was in. Can the we what? cover that sometime? The what movie? The ice skating movie she was in. What ice skating movie is this? You've never, you've never seen it. What? What are we talking about? Uh, it's called. It's like a Disney movie, and it's she's the star, and she's an ice skater. Oh crap! Is it called I'll Ice Princess? It. This movie, I see. I think so. Yes, it's oh. very, very good. Oh okay. Well, I, I really like it. This was in Maybe theaters? Do... Yeah, it was a Disney movie. I've never even heard in of theaters. this. Wow, okay. It's so good. Okay, anyway. Is she still acting? Yes, I looked. It's just not as much. She hasn't done really any movies in a while, but she mostly does TV. And since I haven't been paying attention to TV, except for, like, you know, the big stuff everybody talks about, Sunny in Philadelphia, I had no idea. Well, to be fair, it's, you know, it's some... Uh, I, I, I haven't seen any of these things, but she's in a Christmas movie from 2015, so I'm gonna go watch it. <laughs> you know, my uh, my love for like, you know, you stick with some of the teen actors you grew up with. I watched Corey Haim movies way longer than I should have, considering the yeah. quality. But like, I saw that Brendan Fair was in a couple of Hallmark Channel movies, and you know me, that Aww. that is like. Like, I don't want anything to do with uh, Hallmark Channel movies anymore. No. Um, but I was like, you know what? I would actually watch that. And it's called, like, Christmas Unwrapped or something like that. Or Unwrapped for Christmas. And, and, and the cast... I'm going to watch it. The cast is all of the great actresses from 80s and 90s. Uh, you know, like, 227. And uh, what's the Cosby spinoff where they were in college with Kadeem Hardison and Jasmine Guy? You know, those kind of shows. Different, Hanging, oh, I was going to say different strokes, but diff- I think it's a different world. Yeah, different world, and then, like, Hanging with Mr. Cooper's. Like, the, it's, it's a it's a, a all-star cast of African-American actresses from that era. Wait, who's who was it you said? Brendan Fair? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, oh, that's also... I, I feel like they only chose Matthew Perry because he could pull off, like... 
him and Zac Efron were just enough alike because Matthew Perry had to be way too old. I can't. I can't. See, is that what you meant about the math? Well, no, 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 no. When they said he was that she was pregnant when he was a senior in high school, and that was twenty years. I feel like we're off by a year or two. But nineteen sixty nine, he was. Well, well, no, he was only. It's off. not. It's not possible because the oldest, the, the oldest kid's like sixteen. They're fourteen and sixteen. Well, she does talk about going to Georgetown or something like that. So I think she might be eighteen. I'm not sure. Mm, okay. Um, but I, I just I didn't. I don't like Matthew Perry. I just don't. And it has nothing to do with the bullshit. That he, but I, as an actor, I think he's really irritating. But I guess this is his most tolerable. <laughs> Did you you said it's not because of his what? Not not because of his behavior lately. So really. Oh, no. Yeah. No, not at all. Yeah, I didn't think that's what you meant. I just, you know, there's some people that just rub you the wrong way. And to me, he's mostly just smarmy and... He doesn't know how to be anything else. Right. Or because he was that way for so long, and that's what was expected of him, he doesn't know how to break away from it. Yeah, I guess, yeah. I mean, there's one movie of his... I like this movie, but it's not really because of him. He's not in very much of it. The only movie of his that I really like is the one with Selma Hyatt. Right, Fool's Russian, I was going to say, that's like the only one that I liked, and that's before like he became exhausting. But uh, this really is barely him in this, maybe five, ten minutes at most. It's really Zach's project. He really, I can't believe how fucking good he is. Zach Efron's so damn good in this. He's so nuanced for a young actor. Yeah. And I almost feel like he lost some of this as the years have gone on. I've seen some of his projects. He's not bad, but there's something I feel that's gone in, in, in the performances that he gave here. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's, I guess it's just, you know, the way you, the way people choose to take, you know, the trajectory that they choose to take as they're, as they become adults. I mean, I do, I personally think that, um, like, <clears throat> The Greatest Showman is super good, but it's not really resting on his shoulders. No. It's not an ensemble he piece, was you know? good as that guy, the killer, the um, deliberate... Extremely wicked, shockingly evil and vile. Yeah, I thought he... But I think what's the problem is, and this sounds weird, but I've seen it out of some people when... You remember when he got super fucking ripped for like... Yeah. Well, I mean, it was a building thing for years with Baywatch, and he's so dehydrated. Yes. I think his face is so dehydrated, it works like Botox, where he couldn't emote they can't move his face in the same way is that weird um no it's not really weird but i also heard that he um had some kind of accident oh and he had to get surgery uh some facial surgery or something really and that it changed it, it drastically changed the shape of his face because a lot of people were commenting about how he that he literally looked like a different person and I and I had read that he addressed it because it was being talked about so much that he actually I forget what the situation is but he got seriously injured and it might have been from one of his his he had like this reality show down to earth with Zac Efron uh, that's been on for a couple seasons, I, I think, on Netflix, that I think that he may have um, injured himself or something. Hmm. And that surgery on your face, you don't know. You may never be able to move it the same way again. Right. Well, I mean, that's Montgomery Cliffs. 
you know that that right. happened to him and changed his entire face. Uh, Mark Hamill. Uh, what's the kid yeah. from um, Maze Runner? He smashed his face, but thank God it looks the same. But he was in really bad shape on that. My last... my God, too. That this that was so co- close to derailing his entire career. Yeah, that that he almost got killed on that. And then there was the kid yeah. from that show. Um, he was in superhero movie in college and. Um, uh, fuck. Uh, he got his face all cut up. He does animated voice work now because he does. He looks different. I'm gonna look it up. I, I know he had a TV show on Nickelodeon or Disney. There was the two. We brothers. don't talk about him. We don't talk about him anymore. Drake Bell. He did some stuff. He did. We don't talk about him. Okay, never yeah. mind. Uh, that's horrifying. Okay. Um. So moving on. Awkward. Um. Also, come on. There, has Leslie Mann ever given a bad performance? Holy shit! She's so much fun. No, I think. Like, she's never going to be, a, like, an earth-shatteringly good actress, but she's funny, and she's she's funny and hot uh, uh, in, a, in an awkward way. Like, she, she makes it all work, and I don't really know how. And how does she have that voice? Like, I know I should be annoyed by her, but I mostly just think she's adorable. Yeah, it's, well, hers isn't really sharp. It's high-pitched, but it's not sharp. It's almost, um, it's like kind of like a lyrical smoothness to it, which is weird considering how high it is. But I think it's a lot about how she presents her voice. She's not really like, uh, you know how a lot of times they make women in the movies just like shrill and, yes. you know, just like uh, what they, the curse that uh, Catherine Heigl had, um, that they could yeah. shake. It's Leslie Mann has always been able to skirt around that and just been charming and cool. Even when she's pissed. Well, that's a- that's the thing too is like you know in this movie somebody could have been made out to be a villain in their whole you know family dynamic or whatever and really even though he did a lot of stuff that was maybe messed up uh there was so much like real character development and real growth but also, nobody was really cruel to each other. Even when they were like, you know, half the movie they're going through a divorce, and they were still like really lovely. Yeah, I mean, and like there's, loving. They're, they're putting your foot down, but it's out of frustration, not out of hate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just I thought that was a nice way to go about it because too often they make you know people villainous or. You know, just like a, like an evil dickhead or a horrible bitch, and it's just like life is more complicated than that. Like right. it's just not that cut and dry. There, this movie has a lot of people, or at least some people, you know, in their early roles that you know that they got to be more popular, like Hunter Parrish, who was you know the icky boyfriend Stan, and he was you know I think he's most known for like weeds. Um, Kat Graham, who was, you know, got more popular later on for being in Vampire Diaries, and also in several Netflix Christmas movies that are actually really good. Yeah, I had Um, no idea who she was because the store I was working for was pushing a whole line of sunglasses from her, and one day I just looked at her, who the fuck is Kat Graham? How does she get sunglasses? I think she's fantastic. I mean, I'm kind of surprised about the sunglasses line also, but I think she's absolutely lovely and 
she's a wonderful singer. She's a great dancer. She's kind of like a triple threat, but she hasn't quite, like, hit it yet. Like, a lot of people know who she is, but she's not, like, really broken out into, like, movies and oh, stuff. Gotcha, okay. I don't know. I, I don't remember, like, Melora Harding so much, but she's fucking hilarious. I mean, I mean, especially the end with the whole, like, you know. The Elvis? Straight up. Just how fucking nerdy she is. It's so great. Brian Doyle Murray is like, you know, a little cute thing. And, can I, can I, I say mean, this? You know. Brian Doyle Murray is my favorite Murray. He just is. He's yeah. always reliable. No, I get it. I get it. Um, I think Jim, my Jim Gaffigan in like a supporting role, and I think I, I quite like him. I was, shocked. I was shocked to see Margaret Cho. I didn't remember her. Oh, really... I forgot about Margaret Cho. Yeah. yeah she, I... Is she even listed here? She's like, on, like, you don't, yeah, I totally forgot. Oh, I forgot Nicole Sullivan, too, was like, is like uh, her friend who takes her out. Yeah, and we uh, love Nicole because she's like, so you know, good. So good on Mad TV. She's so good. Uh, just so many, like, you know, even bit, bit roles for such, you know, funny and charming actors uh, or comedic people. Um, yeah. Well, Thomas Lennon, we haven't brought him up I yet. I know, that's what I was going to say is I love um, Thomas Lennon in this movie. I don't, I don't think that a lot of, I mean, he's done a lot of stuff. But he is, he and his other, you know, comrades uh, in the comedy world that he's worked with for many years, I just think that most of the time, you know, he's a character actor and people don't know his name. Right. Well, I mean, it's a lot of it's because he keeps stepping away to do, you know, writing stuff. He was, he was in that Odd Couple remake with Matthew Perry for a few years. Yeah. And they really, really wanted that to be the new Two and a Half Men, but it just it just didn't happen. I mean, I watched some of it. I didn't think it was bad. He has 91 writing uh Wait, what's that say? 44 writing credits. Where'd I get 90? I don't know. Well, and oh, you're, you're not talking about... Reno 911 is a lot of them. But. Yeah, well, you're not... You, they also don't really credit when he comes in because him and Thomas, or, uh, Ben Garant... Um, are also known for being script doctors. So they'll come in yeah. and they just spend a couple days on a script. So technically they don't get... It does It does say some of these things are him are punched up. Oh, like, okay. Mr., like, for example, Mr. Peabody and Sherman, additional dialogue. Okay, like, okay. So some of the things he does get credit for, but like Balls of Fury. I mean, nothing that's like groundbreaking, but like really fun stuff. Night at the Museum. Let's go to prison. The pacifier. Herbie fully loaded. He's written a lot of stuff. Probably lot, the most you know, successful from the state. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think enough people know what the fucking state is, and that's a tragedy. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't know that they were trying to remake the Cannibal Run. Mm. That seems like I think the Cannibal Run movies would be fun because it's just a collection of a lot of different stars. I like those movies, like Rat Race yeah. and stuff like that, where you get a whole bunch of people working together, and they really only have to shoot for like two weeks, you know, because mm-hmm. you know they're just a small part and they edit their stuff in and out of it. Um, I can't remember what else. Oh, I do find a problem with. So if if Zac Efron, when he's uh, you know young again, is supposed to be Ned's son. Right? He says he's Ned's... Yeah, dead Ned. yeah that's, his, that's his cover, yeah. Yeah, but he's Matthew Perry's best friend, and they refer to him as Uncle Ned. How the fuck do they not know he has a kid? There's no explanation like, well, I had an affair, you know, 18 years uh, ago. Or well, did they? I mean, they, 
have a very weak thing like uh i mean they do kind of explain it but really poorly like oh i just found out that he's my dad like oh i must have missed that okay it was like basically a throwaway like very simplistic throwaway explanation and they don't really question it which is weird i do like especially because Ned is, like, the nerdiest person ever. He's not probably going to, like, randomly hook up with a bunch of chicks when he's a teenager. Yeah. I, um, I like the fact that both movies present the idea that these guys go back to high school to reclaim their sports glory, but then realize yeah. maybe it's best for them to step back and either let someone else shine or become a mentor. Mm-hmm. Yes. I do think that's really nice, too. I didn't even think about that uh, similarity, that they don't have to be a star to to find joy in the things and to be able to move forward with their lives. Yeah. Well, I mean, and, and he nurtures... It's so funny. Zac Efron's so believable as a, a guy in his late 30s who's a dad. <laughs> when he's, I know! Young lady, so get weird. back here! <laughs> he's so emotional and deep, and you're like, why couldn't you have done that when you were, like, you know, actually their dad in your normal form in everyday life? Yeah. It's just, I think he realizes the loss, because he's now distant. He's separated from it. And he's just... You know, like, he's teaching his son, like, new you know, new things with basketball and letting him shine. But then, like, just seeing his wife from a distance, you know? And I thought it was so fucking funny. Because I thought at first she was going to be like, oh, you look like my husband. Or not even, like, you look, you know, whatever. But she's fucking haunted. Like, disturbed by how similar. And she's just grabbing his face. And <laughs> like, you I'm look sorry, ex- sorry, sorry, So, yeah, I think... I think Never Been Kissed is slightly better, but I think the performance that uh, Zac Efron gives is kind of better than Drew. Well, Not to make it a competition, it, it, so... Yeah, I mean, no, it's just we usually go, you know, boil down and say which one do you like more, what one holds up better. I think they both, both are... I mean, I think they're pretty equal for me, and that's, um, that doesn't happen very often. I'll say this, uh, his look that he has, you know, the one you see on the poster, fucking timeless. They were so smart. And, like, yes, he dresses like you think (laughs) that people were dressing. (laughs) Uh, Fucking uh, that that trashy biker hipster douchebag look. Um, I can't remember the name of the company, but whenever you see someone wearing those clothes, you know they're a douchebag. But then they're like, just give him something simple, timeless, a classic look. Damn, it works. But that hairdo... That floppy hairdo in his face while he's trying to play basketball? Come on, no. <laughs> no. I mean, it was the look at the time, but... Not uh, practical. Not yeah. practical. Yeah. Nah. Nah, dude. Don't do it no more. <laughs> All right. So, anything else you want to say before we go? Mm, nah. Alrighty. That is it for us. Uh, check us out on all your Facebook hosts, podcast hosts, whatever. You know, you, you've listened to the show. If you listen to it long enough, you know where to find us. Or you've already found us. So, whatever. Bye. Never not awkward. <laughs>